Welcome to the DNVGL Talks Energy podcast series. Electrification, rise of renewables and new technologies supported by more data and IT systems are transforming the power system. Join us each week as we discuss these changes with guests from around the industry. Welcome to the next episode of DNVGL Talks Energy. Our guest today is Chilla Kohalmi Monfils, EVP Strategy and New Business and Communication Asia Pacific of Engie. Welcome, Chilla. Hello, good to be here. Chilla, we want to talk today about Engie's transformation, responding to the imperative of decarbonization and adapting uh, company strategies accordingly. But before we start with this, it would be really great if you could briefly introduce yourself and explain what Engie is doing as a company. Okay. So, um, uh, Engie is one of the uh, largest uh, multinational energy companies in the world. Um, it's a new brand name, Engie. It's been for the last year and a half, uh, more or less, before uh, the company was called GDF Suez, so that is Gas Defense Suez, and before many other things, uh, dating back to the Suez, uh, Panama Suez Canal, which was built by Suez back in, uh, in the 1800s. So it's a very uh, a large company with a large history. We have 155,000 people across 70 countries, um, and we are very much present in the whole energy value chain, so in the gas Uh, electricity and uh, energy services uh, all across the value chain. Um, so apart uh, from just doing uh, power plants, uh, we also do a lot of services. Actually, 100,000 of the people who work in the company, so two-thirds, are in energy services because those businesses are very much uh, uh, people-intensive and they do a very broad scope of, uh, of activities, uh, facility management, installations, energy performance contracts, uh, uh, smart cities, all sorts of uh, all sorts of cool stuff. And then the rest of the, the people are working in uh, the full ga gas value chain. So uh, uh, even though recently we, we have sold our, um, or we are currently selling our exploration and production business, But uh, before that, we are in the full value chain. So starting from exploration and production, then uh, sort of liquefaction uh, also of, of gas uh, transportation. We have a couple of LNG carriers, uh, then regasification, and then, of course, uh, gas to power. But then all sorts of power generation, uh, including in the past, we were in, in gas, coal, renewables, everything. So um, it's a very large company. Uh, but of course, the whole energy industry is in transformation, and as such, uh, we definitely, uh, with our new CEO Isabel Cochet, uh, have signed on to a very new uh, type of uh, company, a very new feature for um, for energy in all the countries where we exist. Right. Actually, to lead us into this topic, I wanted to read something what Isabel Cochet was actually stating on your website. But before we do so, uh, in our talks before we recorded, we talked a bit about your management structure and uh, it was uh, quite remarkable, uh, the gender diversity you have there. Maybe you can briefly say something about this because mm -hmm. at least uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's not what I normally see in companies like Angie. Um, yes, I guess the energy industry typically tends to be dominated by uh, by males. Obviously, given already in the uh, engineering studies, I guess it's mostly it's mostly men who who study. Um, in our company, in the in the top executive board, out of 12 people, there are three women. So the CEO, the CFO, and the chief communications officer are all all females, um, and they're actually from uh, three different nationalities. 
uh, altogether, we have five or six nationalities in, in the board of, of, of 12. And this is a change for NG as well. I mean, it used to be also a very much um, uh, French male dominated board, which is now very much going towards uh, a gender diversity and, uh, and also an international diversity. Wow. Yeah, so maybe we start with what uh, Isabel Kosha states there. I think it summarizes a bit, or Koshi, sorry, it summarizes a bit uh, what we want to talk about. She says, if energy is to engage fully in the global energy revolution, we must become more agile and more closely connected to our stakeholders and work closely with them to invent the solutions of tomorrow. So can you elaborate a little bit what's going on in NG and what's your dream? I mean, the company's dream maybe rather than your own. Yes. So what um, that is the biggest uh, transformation that has happened in our company, I think, uh, in the company's lifetime. Uh, that before we were organized, as I told you, we are present in many parts of the value chain and we were organized according to uh, different sections of that value chain. And uh, typically, so for example, you know, there would be a gas business which was responsible for, for everything gas in all of the different countries where they operated, uh, or the LNG business or uh, power generation. There was one company doing uh, Europe, which is called the Business Energy Europe, and another one doing International, which was Business Energy International. So these were branches that pretty much operated like like separate companies all the way uh, up to the top. Even their way of organizing their geographic um, uh, business was different uh, from, from company to company. And she realized that uh, this way we cannot really be close enough to our customers because uh, the different uh, branches would be addressing the customers separately rather than with a, a holistic uh, joint uh, product offering, product and service offering. So the transformation was to, to do away with these five branches and to move to 24 business units, which are much more, more local and who are responsible for all the different uh, aspects of the business in, in that uh, specific region. So our region, for example, uh, is BU Asia Pacific. So we cover all the countries between Myanmar and New Zealand, except for mainland China, which has its own uh, business unit. But we cover uh, everything, so we cover not just the energy, but also the services, operations, and all sorts of uh, new business. Of course, among the 24, there are a couple of business units that are still global, just because of the nature of the business. So LNG, for example, has to be global because it, they put it on a ship in one location and it goes somewhere else, so you cannot have it uh, locally. Um, so some of these are, are very much global, but, uh, but we have one of the geographic business units which is responsible for the region. Right. So I heard this term 3D connected to your strategy. Um, and I know that uh, Andy also wants to decarbonize the business you, you are in. Um, so become greener, at least that is what I understood. Uh, could you uh, explain what the 3Ds are standing for? Yes, so the three Ds are decarbonization, decentralization and digitalization. And the three are actually very much connected. So decarbonization in the sense, as I said, originally we, uh, we had a fleet uh, of uh, power plants which included coal. We have, uh, or we have decided about a year and a half ago not to build any more coal-fired power plants. Um, and uh, you know to reconsider our participation in the coal-fired power plants that are uh, currently still in the fleet, uh, and actually in the last year and a half we have managed uh, we have gone a long way in this decarbonization. So if I talk only about our region, uh, we have sold a power plant uh, in uh, Indonesia. We have closed another one in Australia earlier this year, and we are right now in the sale selling process of another one in Australia. So just in the region. Um, 
we we will be at half of our original capacity, but that's because we will have gotten rid of the, the coal-fired power plants. At the same time, we need to, of course, be uh, much stronger in developing new uh, renewable power plants. So we have been for a very long time uh, doing renewables, but we just need to really scale up and uh, and do a lot more of them. So um, uh, we have in- acquired a company called uh, Solar Direct, which is now NG Solar, which uh, has a very strong uh, solar um, operation, and we're doing a lot of solar plants around the world. Uh, we do also wind, uh, offshore wind, uh, hydro plants. We are developing the, f- the group's first uh, geothermal power plant in uh, Indonesia, uh, and there will be another one to follow. So. That is part of uh, the decarbonization, is, is to very much move from, from the fossil oriented towards renewable power. Of course, we still believe in gas as being the, uh, the accompaniment to renewable power, given that renewable power tends to be intermittent. So we believe that gas can be a good complement to that and, and can help, uh, help stabilize the grids during these intermittencies. The other part of decarbonization is, of course, um, the, the the greenest uh, energy or the cheapest energy is the one that you don't consume. So, therefore, energy efficiency is very strong on the agenda, and and our large services team is is looking after energy efficiency for cities, for industries, for households, uh, to make sure that we consume uh, much less energy, and therefore that can be a lot greener. Um, decentralization uh, goes along with this because. Uh, First of all, renewable power plants tend to be a smaller size than, than the traditional coal-fired or gas-fired power plants. They tend to be uh, more decentralized in, 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 this, uh, in this way already. Um, but we are also facing uh, uh, the phenomenon that with these renewable power plants, we no longer need to have uh, large power plants with large grids, but we can put them pretty much closer to, to where the load centers are. Um, and therefore, uh, the grid becomes, rather than being a one-way street, it becomes a very much a two-way street. And actually, right now, what we see is that with, uh, with the technologies becoming cheaper and cheaper, people have uh, solar panels on their rooftops. And essentially, the, the consumer has become a, a, a producer. So we call these the, 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 the prosumers. Um, and so, so therefore, they're no longer just buying energy. They're also selling energy to the grid. So it's a very much a decentralized uh, system, which, of course, needs to be aided by digitalization. So uh, in order to make all of this work, uh, we need to become much more digital. So you just mentioned a very interesting aspect, digitalization. What does it mean for energy? It's an enabler, obviously, um, for a change in the energy ecosystem. But what uh, specifically does NG want to do about digitalization? Um, well, NG actually has uh, three pillars of, of, uh, of digital roadmap of what we need to achieve. So um, one of those is, uh, is yes, very much internal, that... Um, Uh, given that the sector that we were in, uh, I guess maybe we were not really up to date with the, the newest digital trends, and that did not help uh, the collaboration uh, internally uh, or our op- operations. So uh, two of those pillars are quite internal. Um, one of them is to digitalize our, our operations, so therefore uh, looking for digital solutions for our power plants, for our assets, uh, which is mostly an efficiency uh, gain in, in most cases. So we have large... Uh, When we have large gas pipelines, to be able to uh, check those with drones, of course, is much uh, cheaper and more efficient than having to have people uh, dispatched and look for the problems and the faults and things like 
that. So there's a lot of um, operational efficiency we can gain with digitalization. Um, the other aspect is the internal uh, sort of the digital office and the internal collaboration. So we have set up um, internal social media sites where people across the group can communicate on, on certain topics of interest, and then they can. Ex and we have a lot of uh, cases where people have actually helped each other. Uh, you know, not having to reinvent the wheel, having the same problems as somebody across the globe. So uh, it's a very vibrant uh, uh, community now, and on, on we use Yammer. It's a very vibrant community. It's just like our internal Facebook. Um, and we have uh, also implemented, uh, you know, the newest um, digital communication tools with regards to emails and uh, SharePoint and, and all of these things. So we can have a lot more virtual teams working on, on certain aspects of, of our new strategy. Um, and that's very important. And then the third pillar, of course, is the customer engagement. So we, we do serve um, uh, 30 million customers around the world. So uh, that's a lot of customers that we need to, to engage with. And of course, all of these customers are becoming digital and they're in their own merit. Uh, and they're looking for uh, uh, engaging with their suppliers uh, online uh, or on an app. They're not looking to go into a customer service office or anything like that. Um, and they're much more demanding in terms of the products and services that they that they require. So they want to be able to track their energy consumption, you know, without just getting the bill at the end of the month and things like that. So we are very strong on the on the digitalization in terms of the customer uh, interaction, uh, and so we have uh, we have developed a whole bunch of uh, applications, uh, sites, etc. These different kinds of services which are digital towards the customer. So these are the three pillars uh, at the group level. I would actually add a fourth pillar just because I'm also responsible for new business. So new business is uh, for us is business that NG was not in uh, previously, um, and it tends to be new businesses that are that are new in the world as well. I mean, it's the, the new technologies that bring these new businesses. So we are constantly under scouting for, for startups and new technologies and new business models. Uh, and in many cases, these are digital businesses. So for example, here in Singapore, um, we are uh, currently uh, at the end of the deployment of the first uh, IoT network. Um, first in Asia, actually, uh, it will be here in Singapore. And so that's, for me, is digital business. It has nothing to do with um, the other three pillars. It's, it's a new pillar. It's actually, it's actually developing new digital businesses. Right. Um, just allow me to step back to the decentralization for, for a second, because um, I picked up that you were talking about these maybe more intelligent ways how grids operate now. We have prosumers. Um, and we could have maybe smaller networks. And this is a great region to adopt this here because we have all these islands and countries where there's low electrification rates, so we could do something greenfield, which is smarter than what we have in established markets. Will NG also try to develop these kind of things actively so that they are rolled out in, in a region like Asia-Pacific? Yes, uh, actually, we are very active in this field. So um, uh, absolutely, with the, with the new technologies, uh, first of all, the coming down of, of prices of, of solar, but also with the new digital technologies that are available, um, we find that uh, countries in this region which have very low electrification, like Myanmar, 30%, can actually leapfrog into the future by 
uh, enabling these customers to have electricity um, with solar panels and uh, enabling them to have it you know, without having to wait much longer. So we are very much uh, looking into this space. We have um, some partners in, in three countries already to, to do this, and I think by the end of the year we'll have a couple of pilots up, and then we actually plan to, to scale up quite quickly. Um, and it's, it's very exciting because we will have customers who who will never see a paper bill in their life and who will never be consuming electricity the way uh, we have learned to do it in, in, in the more developed world. Um, but they will be just looking to pay for hours of television or hours of, uh, uh, of refrigeration, and they will be able to do that on, on their mobile phones. So it's a, it's a very exciting area, and we are, we are working hard in this uh, respect. Of course, it means that we need to... Um, our own skill sets need to be transformed as well. So it's uh, uh, for a company that's very much used to uh, building, uh, let's say, a, a large gas-fired or coal-fired power plant. Our DNA is in managing huge, complex projects. Uh, it's a well-oiled machine with a lot of people sitting around the, the table, and, uh, and we know how to do that very, very well. Um, most of those skills cannot be applied uh, in this setting when we're going to be developing microgrids of the few kilowatt scale uh, in, in many locations. So we do want to become the first sort of rural utility, if you will, but it means that we need to collaborate and partner with different types of companies. So in the case of microgrids, we, we want to collaborate with the NGOs who have the community uh, relationships and who can help us on how to, how to sell this uh, uh, product to those communities. Um, and so we need, we need to become much more, much more small scale and we need to have our processes become a lot leaner and a lot uh, more cookie cutter approach if we want to be able to address this market. Right. Um, we are unfortunately already coming to this to the end of this episode, but I have one more question for you. And you gave me actually a good bridge to that already. We talked a lot about technical stuff so far, but um, for energy itself or for companies undergoing this kind of transformation, uh, this also means a major uh, shift in mindset and culture. So um, how are you addressing that? How do you take your employees on that journey? Um, there's different programs. We actually ran a, um, a survey uh, last year, which was called NGNME, to try to assess where people are uh, with regards to understanding the strategies, uh, standing up behind the strategy, and, and what they can do for, for this. Um, and we're actually doing the next one this September. So it's something that we want to do every year uh, and see how we get along uh, on, this, on this culture change. There's, as a result of last year's survey, um, there has been a whole uh, suite of, uh, of trainings uh, that have been uh, developed uh, and which are meant to be rolled out across the organization uh, to make sure that everybody's on the same page and to make sure that everybody is motivated towards doing this. We have also started, uh, or uh, Isabel Cocher has started a uh, um, a system called executive leadership sessions whereby she visits every year every single one of the 24 BUs uh, and that is the place where the, the BU's management can discuss the key strategic topics and challenges that they have so that she understands what everybody is going through and, and, and can give certain direction um, uh, for us. So 
all of these exercises help us to really rally up behind a, behind a strategy and make sure that we're going in the, in the right way forward. And culture, yes, is a very important aspect of it. And I think through cascading of, of uh, various initiatives, we, we managed to do that at a local scale, but then we check with the survey to make sure that, that it's there and the, the cascade has not broken anywhere. Right. Thank you, Chela, for these uh, very interesting insights in the transformation of NG into a decarbonized, decentralized and digital future. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. That was Chela Kohalmi Monfils, EVP Strategy and New Business and Communication Asia-Pacific from NG. Thank you very much for listening and talk to you next week again. Thank you for listening to this DNVGL Talks Energy podcast. To hear more podcasts in the series, please visit dnvgl.com slash talksenergy.